Hello, everybody, and welcome to the True Fans podcast with me, Kieran Grudgins. We are going to be talking to the true fans of the beautiful game. I'm joined today by West Ham fan and the main man behind the TIW podcast that you can find on all great platforms podcast platforms gary best is joining me today for a very very late end of the week podcast gary how are you today i'm all right Karen. how about you yeah yeah good good obviously we've uh we usually do our podcast on the tuesday but because of uh weekday games we've decided to do it here on the friday and also uh, get ready for the uh the games coming up which i'm looking forward to uh but more on that later on we're going to basically talk about all the games of match day 13 uh, sort of asking questions to each other before we get into the score predictions and as well we'll do a little bit of a trivia question uh, with using the incredible book match of the day 365 as well so more on that later but let's get into the games and uh, Gary's going to be kicking off kicking us off talking about this game so uh, the floor is yours Gary so the first game we're going to talk about is Wolves Chelsea where Wolves Chelsea 2-1 um, looking at the stats here it looks like Chelsea were all over Wolves to be honest uh, what do you think Kieran? Yeah definitely I think they, they played fantastic in the in the first half Chelsea uh, 55% possession uh, in the entire game their pass accuracy was fantastic um, Wolves have been struggling this season you know there's no doubt about that yes they do sit 10th and um, in, in what seems to be a crazy year. Um, but it, it is very, it's crazy. It really is. And I think Wolves got the win. It just shows you that in the 95th minute, you know, it's not over till the referee's uh, final whistle. And I think, you know, looking at Chelsea's lineup here, I've got this in front of me. Uh, this is actually the starting 11. You know, Werner is on there. Havertz is playing. Pewter six, Giroud, Kante. Yeah, that's just their front six. And they're not... You know, they're not saying that Wolves is an easy team and we can put players out, you know. So I think they were struggling, but, you know, I don't think anybody should uh, go against go against Wolves. And I think Chelsea were, you know, are struggling for results at the moment. <laughs> so, yes, moving on to the other game on Tuesday's uh, affairs. And this one has been overshadowed by the appointment of Sam Allardyce as West Brom manager because Slavon Bilic's final game uh, in charge of the Hawthorne saw him draw against Manchester City away. Um, we'll go into the game before we talk about the Sam Allardyce thing because I think you've got to give credit to Bilic and what he did with West Brom. That is a, that is a massive point. Uh, point away from home, isn't it? That could be a point where it could be the difference between staying up and and um, relegation, Gary. Yeah, I think it could be the, like that could have been a significant game for West Brom. Maybe if they had gone out and won it, what would have been the difference? Because they would have got high, probably higher in the league. But it's just looking at like why they got rid of Village when he got a draw at the Etihad. Not many teams can go and say we've got a draw at the Etihad, like low-level teams. No, absolutely not. But I, I, you know, yes, that's sort of come into the the situation. I thought West Brom defended incredibly well. Um, they were difficult to to break down Manchester City, of course. Man, you know, West Brom's goal coming from an own goal, but you know, it, it doesn't matter how they go in; it's still a point. But I, I, I believe how quickly he got. 
Bilic got sacked. Sam Allardyce coming in, I think it was already prepared despite the result. Um, but yeah, it definitely is one of the things where they're probably thinking it's Manchester City away. Is he going to get a result? It's going to look better if they lose. And you, at the end of the day, they they didn't. And, and I think it's a massive, massive point for West Brom. But um, you've obviously had experience with Sam Allardyce as, um, as manager of your team, West Ham. How do you... F- how do you think he's going to do uh, in charge of the Hawthorns? Because this is the first managerial job he's had for almost two years. So I've had the privilege of having Slavin Bilic and Sam Allardyce. Yeah, and definitely. Who, who I think is the best manager. I think he understands the game more than Sam Allardyce. Wow, wow, big words. But I, personally, I think it's a signing for, for, for West Brom's case because... He he is a bit he is a bit of Mr. Reliable down there. You know, he does keep teams up. I don't think he'll permanently be there. But i I personally think that that is the best signing for for West Brom at this current moment, currently sitting, you know, nineteenth, uh, got uh one win in the last five games and you know, stuff like that. And they've obviously coming up with Liverpool um, and and leads very very soon. Not easy games, so I think Sam Allardyce is going to, is going to be uh, very very interesting in these games. So uh, yeah, let's move on to Wednesday's games, uh, starting with Arsenal Southampton. Gary, giving it uh, Leicester Everton first. Uh, no, 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 we'll just go with Arsenal Southampton. Okay. Now. Arsenal drawing to Southampton. Now, Southampton are doing quite well, Kieran. What do you think is the case? Oh, I think I think they're playing for the manager. I think that I think Southampton turned their season around. Of course, the longest ever season in in, in the Premier League history due to due to COVID. But I think after lockdown, they definitely uh, played uh, very very well. Danny Ings as you know, firing on all cylinders, but I think they've recruited is really, really well. Theo Walcott looks a completely different player. And, you know, me and you have had so many discussions sort of off recordings and just, you know, what, what does it take to win the league? What does it take to, to be up there? And it's, it's winning constantly. And, you know, Southampton have done that and, you know, important, important results in, in games. The Emirates is a, it's a difficult place to go. Um, uh, against a team that, that really should be higher than they are. We'll move on to that a bit later. But, um, you know, Southampton were definitely uh, the much better team. And uh, I think Arsenal were very, very lucky to get to get a draw. So I think Southampton have got to be consistent. Um, looking at their... Looking at their next game, they go, uh, they host Manchester City, which is, is not going to be an easy game. But consistency is key and they deserve to be where they are. Uh, so, do you want to move on to the next game, Kieran? Yeah, so moving on to Leicester City, um, which again is another team that's been playing very, very well, but they do uh, get beat by Carlo Ancelotti's Everton uh, at home 2 0. Um, my dad, very, very good friend of the podcast, of course. Um, you you know my dad very very well. Uh, he he was saying that every single time Leicester seems to be getting somewhere, uh, and sort of getting results under their belt and in that position that they do uh, crumble under the pressure. Do you personally think that that's what's going on with Leicester, or do you think they're just coming up against an incredible Everton side? I think they've just come up against incredible Everton side. To be honest, 
but it could be as well, like looking at obviously the game where West Ham beat them 3 0. It just it could be where they're crumbling under the pressure, but I'm not going to make any judgments because obviously there's still a full se- uh, like half of the season to go, so we can't make any judgments yet. No, definitely not. And I think, um, yeah, Leicester, you know, definitely did have chances in the game. I just think they were a, a little bit more clinical. Um, you know, they had more shots, um, sort of better possession, uh, more more passes, and and a better pass accuracy. The, the one thing that Leicester have really come under scrutiny, especially in the past couple of weeks, is their defending of set pieces. Um, Again, I conceded another one against Everson, conceded one against Liverpool, uh, two against Liverpool, actually. Um, do you personally think that uh, Leicester do definitely do need to work on defending set pieces? Um, yeah, I think they do. Because I think, ain't they like one of the teams to concede the most by set pieces or something? Yeah, they're definitely high up there. Um, like, they need to focus on places where they're missing out I think and okay fantastic so let's move on to the next game uh, which will be Leeds Newcastle now yes. tonight, absolutely smashing Newcastle 5-2 and wrong with Newcastle because look at the season they had at the start I think it's difficult because is it just another game um, you know where Leeds are, the Leeds I mean Leeds are a far incredible team you know you know Leeds are not a pushover they've 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 done incredibly well this season but I think one of the biggest things especially in uh, Newcastle's case is the loss of St. Maxon not playing uh, he wasn't even on the bench either I think that they struggle without his attacking quality he's he's got such an attacking mind where he's going you know and, and thinking of goal all the time I think Callum Wilson he should really be scoring the quality player he had. But if you look at Newcastle's two goals, they come from um, Jeff Hendricks, who is, you know, he's a midfielder, but does play at the back mainly. And and, and Kieran Clark, who is a, is a, as a, a defender. So I think them attacking qualities, you've got to personally sort of improve, but you know, let's not take anything away from, from Leeds. They play such exciting football and I definitely think that they're going to be a team that uh, are going to stay up this year because they are um, you know, so captivating to watch and they've got some good players. Yeah. So let's move on to Fulham versus Brighton, uh, which is the only result from this match day um, on Wednesday that ended in a nil-nil. But there was a bit of a controversial moment with Adam Lallana. Um, l- let's focus on him because he, he's had his problems with injuries, um, you know, but was a starting player. Danny Welbeck as well. Do you think Brighton have got enough this, this season to... Um, you know, look at them and think, yeah, they are, they are going to stay up. I don't think they they're um, fully capable of staying up, but they'll be in a fight to stay up, and I think they'll just do it. Um, uh, uh, let's move swiftly on to um, Fulham, and something that has been very very interesting if you look at their starting lineup and the absence of. Uh, Alexander Mitrovic, top scorer last year for Fulham, did incredibly well in the championship, but he, he was on the bench for, for a number of games um, and has not got a big start. Do you think that's um, bit, very ambitious of Scott Parker to sort of say, you know, if you're not 
uh, training well or playing well in the league, then you're not going to get a start because at the end of the day, he is a fan favourite. Is it showing that he is, um, you know, massively in control of the team and who he puts out uh, on the pitch from minute one? I think he's controlling, but it's also saying to the players, you need to be in position. I'm giving you that position. You're fighting for it. Like, prove it. And obviously, it looks like Mitrovic isn't proving himself to Scott Parker. Definitely, definitely. Um, uh, so let's move on to the next game, which is Liverpool versus Tottenham. Big game uh, of the match day, Gary. Yeah, it was a very big game. Um, as me, me and Kieran behind the scenes, we were both watching uh, our team's games. So obviously, I'm a West Ham fan. So West Ham played Crystal Palace and Liverpool. Liverpool just winning by a last-minute winner, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Um, by Robertson. By Robertson. Like, do you think Liverpool could win the league again this season? Oh, I think that's it. It's one of the biggest unanswered questions at the moment. Um, yeah, I think we've got the quality to do that. We've not lost any big names. We've added to added to the squad in certain areas that we needed to. I think this season, and I'm not speaking on all on every you know Liverpool fan, uh, but I think it'll feel a bit better this season because I think we hit the ground running uh, last season and we were so consistent uh, throughout the whole season and winning the league very, very early. But this year, we, we've obviously had some injury troubles. Other teams have strengthened and challenged us. So I think... It, I definitely think we can win the league. Uh, you know, we're up there now. I hope that we can remain consistent, you know, in, in the in the game we've got coming forward. Um, and, you know, it comes back to that cliche that if you're at the top of the league by Christmas, you know, you have a better chance of, of winning the league. And I think it, it'll definitely feel a lot more rewarding this year uh, because of the problems we've had. And I was incredibly nervous going into the game. I thought that... You know, Tottenham would, was going to, uh, you know, sort of walk all over us with how incredible they were playing. But just shows that Liverpool can, you know, fight till the end. Klopp, you know, did some great things right. And I'm glad that, you know, Firmino got a goal because he has been struggling this year. And, um, you know, glad that, we, uh, glad that we defended well with such a young uh, back line. So going on to the next game? We are, we are indeed, and that is your team, West Ham Crystal Palace, um, in what was a finished a one-all draw, and um, even though we did have a red card uh, by uh, former Liverpool player Christian Benteke, it was uh, Sebastian Haller that stole the spotlight with possibly another goal of the season contender. What a finish by the French! Um, striker who you have heavily criticised since his arrival at the club uh, how impressive were you not only of Haller but the entire West Ham team I think the first half is obviously when we were watching it I think I was more like regretting like oh we're losing this is it like this is the downfall of West Ham again and then I think it's either Moyes has gone in and said you need to book your ideas up now or they've just decided to turn on in the second half and we worked our asses off and we got the point. But I think, to be honest, we could have easily won that second half. Um, oh, sorry. No, it's all right. Uh, let, let's move on to that red card, Gary, because uh, obviously you you watching the game, uh, obviously, you know, you could say that it'd be a potential biased um, 
but 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 try not to be. Was it a clear red card, or do you think um, on another day, on another day, or possibly another referee, it wouldn't have been given? I think I think it wouldn't have been given. I think it was just. You know where obviously when you jump and you like stretch your arms out, I think it was more that, and obviously Sujek was kind of coming in towards him. Um, I think it's well, it could it first yellow card. I didn't really look at because obviously I didn't was watching the game and also talking to you at the same time, so I was getting kind of distracted left, right, and center. But um, I don't think it was a red card. To be truthfully honest, I don't, and that's coming from a West Ham fan. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's difficult for for a player to be, you know, on a on a yellow card and then and then put in sort of a bad challenge and, and not, um, you know, not be sent off. Um, obviously, Benteke uh, scoring as well, so you know, definitely very very different day for, you know, for him. But I think it's again, it's a it's a point where you might think, oh, West Ham um, should have won the game. You know, use that that man advantage, but unfortunately, they uh, they didn't. So that was the final um, game of Wednesday, and we move into the Aston Villa versus Burnley game, Gary. Ooh, so um, that ended in the nil nil draw. Now, have Aston Villa gone downhill? Would you say? What would you say that fighting for that, let's say top? 10 finish I, I think that they're going to keep fighting for the top 10 position I think anything is going to be better than than sort of last season them just narrowly staying up um, but I think at the beginning I think it's very difficult to sort of predict the table after, and say that that's going to be the final table after week one uh, they did incredibly well of course but I think the, the league now is starting to take it, you know its shape um, and sort of how it's how it's sort of forming, uh, moving into Christmas, and I think you know Aston Villa with a couple of poor results have not there. But you listen, they're going to be staying there. Um, I think that they look the most attacking minded in that game against Burnley. I think they've made some fantastic improvements uh, throughout the whole season with the introduction of, of Ross Barkley, uh, Ali Watkins has been two great players and two. Um, you know, English players as well. So I, I don't think Aston Villa are, uh, are going to be fighting for Europa League places or Champions League places this year because it's so competitive. But I think what Aston Villa fans have got to be happy with a, with a top 10 finish. Um, and, I, and I definitely think that, that they should be and sort of comparing their two seasons and how well they've been playing. I'll agree with that. So let's move on to the final game then, which was Manchester United beating uh, Sheffield United by three goals to two. Um, I don't want to get into to Manchester United a lot because at the end of the day, we have spoke a lot of on the podcast about Manchester United and sort of how they're going on. Um, but uh, a, a big question, Gary, is what a necessary win for for United because if they lost this one against bottom of the table Sheffield United you've got to be you've got to be worrying surely uh, I would have worried more for Ollie's job because I think if they lost to Sheffield United I think it would have been that's it he's out and yeah if I think anyone who's going to come in and replace him 
Now, I know this might be a bit of a weird chart, but um, you remember the old Tottenham manager, um, Pochettino? Yeah. I think he'll be in the next one to come in. Yeah, let, yeah let's talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about that because I don't think it's 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 a crazy shout. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great he's a great manager. Um, I think he can do some great things with with a young with them, um, sort of young players. Um, so yeah, I think it's interesting. I think that Manchester United at the moment aren't they are are trying to find what's good for them trying to find what's what's the best formula for them and you know they're they're setting their ambitions really really low um so you know that they're not going to say that will be challenging for europa league challenging for the premier league obviously now they've been knocked out the the you know the champions league which was a big big uh, accomplishment for them i think that manchester united um are going to finish, you know, up there this season. I've no doubt about that. But I think it's these games where they just narrowly beat Sheffield United. They narrowly beat Southampton. It is worrying. It, it is worrying for for a club the size of Manchester United. And um, I, I just think personally, you know, they, they, they've got to do something. Whether that's bringing a top quality player uh, at the back, whether that's you know get rid of Oli and bring in Pochettino that you know they've got to do something so uh, from one manager then that is struggling to uh, a manager that is down there uh, Arsenal fans have been incredibly frustrated with with the man Mikel Arteta um, and now they're saying that uh, he deserves time he deserves time Gary he says that um, they uh, it, it, they basically said that it's like anything in this industry, you need results. But after a big shake-up, we need to find stability. We need time. We all know that when they made the decision with me to start this new project, it wasn't a quick fix. Uh, currently sitting 15th. And Gary, I'm going to read out a quite a crazy stat for you here. They're 15th currently with 14 points. They've not won a game in their last five, lost three, drawn two. They are five points below the re- above the relegation places. Five points. If you could give, if you could give me the biggest problem at Arsenal, what would it be? I don't know to be honest, because there's there could be multiple points where, like, it could be maybe Ozil doesn't like um Arteta and he's starting to spread stuff, or maybe it's just the clubs just not performing to the standard they were last season or at the start of the season. And I think... Or it could be even injuries. We don't know. There could be a few injuries behind the scenes that's not been released. We, we just don't know. Yeah. I think it's interesting. And I'll tell you what I think is going to be. I think that it's this big, big disappointment between our, between the fans and the club. And I think... You know, winning an FA Cup against Chelsea, massive. You know, it's it's not easy to win the FA Cup. They then go and win the Community Shield against Liverpool, massive. But then you've got to honestly think that they can bounce back, they can do something. It's not good. It It, it isn't. And I think that if you look at the whole Arsenal team, they've got quality in there. You know... 
I'm, I, I don't want to offend any any fans by saying this. Of course, we, we, you know, the, the reason why we're called true fans is to sort of be very, very inclusive of, of all fans, you know, all of their, you know, opinions. But if you if you look at the t- if you look at the current Premier League table and the teams around them, you know, you've got Brighton, where yes, they're always going to be in that relegation fight. Burnley, who have struggled massively with injuries. Fulham, who have not really hit the ground running um, this this season and have been struggling with, with sort of attacking quality. West Brom, we obviously mentioned them earlier. I mentioned them on a previous podcast about not having that, any sort of attacking-minded players. And Sheffield United, who have had the, the worst start to a Premier League season. Arsenal, with players like Aubameyang, Lacazette, Leno, they should be up. They should be down there, and I, and I, I think that they've really got to start picking up the pieces. And um, you know, Mikel Arteta is going to have a big, big job on their hands. So uh, let's get into the score predictions, Gary. Have you got your score predictions ready? Um, um, just give me one second. Okay, okay. Well, we'll give Gary a second before I actually tell you guys what the hell is this all about. So our score predictions. Links heavily with our uh, incredible league over on the app Kiss My Score. Now, Kiss My Score is a professional betting app. If you don't know what that means, it's basically an app where you don't even have to pay any money. Challenge your friends and your family members in your own personal league and also win big, big prizes as well in the official Kiss My Score leagues. You can join us as well for a uh, league called the True Fans Podcast League. So if you guys want to find that out, just let us know. We'll give you all the uh, give you the details. And you can challenge me, Gary, and the rest of the team. We are currently, these are the current times at the moment. Myself, I had a fantastic game week at the weekend. Gary uh, beat me last uh, with sort of the midweek games. So he uh, regains his spot at number one. I'm in second um, with 71. Sam, who is another good uh, guest of the podcast, he's currently in third. Uh, my dad, who... If you guys want to join us as well, let us know. And we do these scores uh, as well to do some stuff in the podcast. And uh, this will go straight onto the app as well. And then we can to react to, to some good ones. So no games tonight. So that, that's really, really helpful. Uh, but there is an early kickoff with Crystal Palace taking on Champions Liverpool. And that is where we'll start. And I've gone for a 2-0 win Liverpool. I think uh, this will be another good result for us, Gary. Just be while we wait for uh, Crystal. Really attacking minded and not. Yeah, I'm still here. No, it, it, you you cut off, mate. There was a bit of connective right. issues, so just go in with the score. Okay, two one Liverpool. Uh, right. We mentioned Southampton, one incredible start to the season. They've had they take on uh, Manchester City, who have got a game in hand, but desperately want to get into them uh, Champions League uh, places. Um, 
I th- I'm going to give a big upset saying that Southampton are going to beat Pep Guardiola's men. I've gone for a 2-1 Southampton. I've gone the opposite way okay, around. Okay, um, Carlo Ancelotti's men, what an incredible season they've had. They take on Arsenal. We've just mentioned them. They are struggling down there and I still think that they're going to struggle. Having seen Everton, how well they played against Chelsea and Le- and, and Leicester, um, it's definitely going to be very, very difficult uh, for for Mikel Arteta's men. I've gone 2-0 Everton. Okay, okay. Two teams that um, I've gone to one struggled to get any points this uh, weekend. Uh, this, this These weekday matches, Newcastle and Fulham take on uh, each other. And I think Newcastle are going to win, but only by a single goal. I've got 1-0 Newcastle. Gary? To be honest, I've gone 1-0. I think Fulham and Newcastle are about the same. Okay, uh, Brighton? tackle Sheffield United in what could possibly be a big six-pointer down there and I think Brighton are going to get the results. I think Sheffield United are struggling. Uh, yes, they, they just narrowly lost to, to Man United but I think Brighton are uh, you know, a very, very surprising team in this league. I've gone 2-0 Brighton. Okay, interesting. What could be possibly the most entertaining game of this weekend? Tottenham are trying to bounce back following that defeat against Liverpool. Um, will host Leicester City. Leicester, of course, trying to get back to winning ways. Uh, I don't think that will happen, though. I think Tottenham are going to want to try and regain top spot. I've gone 2-1 Tottenham. Okay, so we'll see uh, whether me and Gary can get an important three points there. Uh, Manchester United taking on Leeds as well. Leeds are not a pushover. They've done incredibly well against the traditional top six teams. And I think they'll be sharing of the points at Old Trafford. I've gone one all. Okay, okay. I've gone 2-1 Man United. West Brom versus Aston Villa. This could be, be this could be Big Sam's first um game in charge in charge uh, at the Hawthorns do I think they'll be Aston Villa no I've done the same result uh, as the previous game I've gone one all okay the I've most uh, up and down team in the whole league they lose 4-0 to West Ham they lose 4-0 to Liverpool but they beat Chelsea 2-1 what's happening with Wolverhampton Wanderers they take on uh, Burnley as well and um, and I think Wolves are going to get a second win on the bounce. So I've gone 2-0 Wolves. Okay, and the most uh, and a very, very big game in, inside of the best uh, household. Um, I, w- I will definitely not be ringing in if West Ham are losing um, that game. I know that Gary is very, very passionate about his team and they do take on... Chelsea in uh, a North London, well, it's a London derby. Um, and I think Chelsea are going to win. I, I think they've got some ambition this year. And I think um, Antonio, hopefully, Antonio can come back for you. But I, I don't, I, I think without him, I think you'll struggle. I've got 2 1 Chelsea. I think I'm putting a bit of faith in my boys. Big, big result there for West Ham, but let's see, let's see how they do. Uh, 
So we're just about at the end of, of the podcast as well. Um, but before we do, we are just going to be having a look at the incredible book uh, from Match of the Day, which is uh, called Match of the Day 365 that I picked up. Um, a day-by-day collection of Premier League era drama, glory and heartache. Um, so at the time of recording this, we are currently... Uh, on the 18th of December, one week before Christmas, of course. And um, these are what happened on that day. Gary's going to have to predict the team um, that that here. So are you ready, Gary? Okay, this is going to be interesting then. So on this day in 1994, this international's team hopes of qualifying for Euro 96 were damaged by a 1-0 defeat to Greece in Athens. This is a United Kingdom uh, country, so part of the United Kingdom. What country do you think um, do you think dreams were damaged of qualifying? Is that your final answer? Scotland. And that is correct. Well done. Okay, on this day in 2000, after seeing his team held at home by Arsenal, Spurs chairman, and you've got to name the chairman, confirmed his intention to sell the club, ending his 10 years at the helm. Who was this Spurs chairman? I will give. Okay, would you like me to give you a clue? I don't know. I actually don't know. <laughs> uh, he has a very, very iconic line called "You're yeah, fired." That's correct. Uh, you can get half a point there, so one point five points for Gary. Um, actually, no, we'll give you three points for the for the correct answer. One point for a guess. So you're on four points currently. Uh, on this day in two thousand five. Um, what team lost a final at the FIFA Club World Cup 1-0 to Sao Paulo, ending a club record run of 11 consecutive games without conceding a goal? What English team lost a final? They are a team that are part of the traditional top six. That's correct. Well done. So another three points there. Well done. And on this day in 2014, uh, so this will hopefully be a game that you can remember. Having failed to win at White Hart Lane for 14 years, what team completed their second win on Tottenham's ground in the space of 10 weeks? Big Sam's side, who had not won a league game at Spurs in October, won 2-1 in the League Cup quarterfinal. What team was this? It wasn't West Ham, I know that. Would you like me to give you a clue? I don't know. Uh, they're a um, team in London. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind, please, Kieran. Oh. Is that your final answer? Is it Crystal Palace? No, that's incorrect. Um, so, uh, would you like me to tell you the right answer or would you like another guess for one point? It is include. It is indeed West Ham. Very good. Very good. So uh, that's what happened on the day in the Premier League era. Uh, well done, Gary. You got five points. Well done, Gary. So not not bad, but uh, it's very very interesting that you uh, are a West Ham. F- you got three, and then yeah, you got three. Five. No, no, no. You've only got one free. I got two frees, didn't I? Oh yes, you did. Yeah. 
Well, you did struggle got with the last one. We've got to knock you down a couple of points because you didn't get your team right. However, you got well done. You got you got eight points. Well done. You got well. So uh, before we go, we'll let Gary promote his own podcast. When have we seen some more content on there, my friend? Um, to be honest, probably Tuesday. Um saying about the West Ham Chelsea game and giving my review on it because obviously like you said there's a quite a big rivalry in my household um due to my dad and my brothers uh, brothers being West Ham fans Chelsea fans sorry and me being the only West Ham fan of the family so it's kind of there's a London rivalry mainly based um so yeah just check out uh, the yeah, absolutely fantastic. There'll be definitely a lot of emotion. Whether that be positive or negative, I'm not too sure yet. We'll obviously have to see uh, with the result. But thank you very much for listening to the True Fans podcast this week. I hope uh, you really, uh, really, really enjoy listening to these podcasts. Um, if you guys want to join us on the podcast as well, let us know via the official Instagram, tfp.football as well. And we will be returning on Tuesday for the final one before Christmas and uh, possibly the the last podcast before the year where we've got a big, big surprise for not only Gary, but also our other co-host, Sam, as well. So uh, make sure you check um, that one out on Tuesday and I will hand over to our guest, Gary Best. That rhymes, there we go. Um, For for the uh, final final words Gary you can finish this podcast off for us uh, for this very very late very very late uh, but, for, but very very enjoyable podcast